Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Ben with the Chris and Sandy Show. We get up close and personal with some amazing guests throughout the entertainment industry. And today, like I say on every episode, we got a great show for you. We, yes. we got Madison Kozak coming on. She's doing some great things out there. Um, we're excited to definitely have her on the show and talk a little bit about her story and some music and just see where this goes. So Madison, welcome to the show. Yes, welcome. Thanks for having me, both of y'all. Thank you. It's our oh, pleasure. Thank you for being here um, today. I always like to start the show out the same way as we've been, mm -hmm. you know, we're as entertainers, it's a tough time right now. Mm -hmm. um, so how has COVID affected what you do and what have you done to kind of maneuver through that crazy maze? Yeah. A lot of maneuvering has been done <laughs> for <laughs> sure. Uh, I was, I had just gotten off um, my first European tour last oh. January and then uh a, a bit of touring with Tanya Tucker in March when wow. the pandemic hit uh, the U.S. and, and Canada. And, um, you know, everything came to a halt. All shows were canceled for us. And having released a good amount of music in 2019, I was really banking on touring to, to get the music out there. Um, so when that was taken away, you know, I kind of looked at it as as a new artist, um, mm -hmm. as this built-in A&R time that sometimes yeah. we, uh, we lose because of the hustle <laughs> of having like, okay, got, I got shows in different states every weekend this weekend. Where can I find time to write in between, you know, yeah. and, yeah. and figure out what I'm going to do next. And so it really came as a bit of a blessing for me to have this downtime to really focus in on what I wanted to, wanted to say next as yeah. an artist. Mm -hmm. And then on a personal level, you know, I got to go back to uh, and be with my family in Canada, where I'm originally from. And I moved to Nashville 10 years ago when I was 14. So I've been away from home for a good All long right. time. And it's a 10 year city, as they say. Yeah, um, we're yeah. <laughs> in August. So awesome, everything you're in hell, you know? <laughs> you know, that's like for us, I remember um, we launched this show January of, of um, 2020. Yes. And I remember our original plan was 100 interviews first year. We thought if we could do that, we would be at least lay a great foundation for the first year. And then yeah. COVID happens. And the world slows down. And I'm like, okay, um, this is our silver lining. This is our year because mm -hmm. all the artists and entertainers and all that, they're going to need a place to chat and we're going to give them that. And because of that, we did over 300 interviews last year. Wow. That's awesome. Good for you. So while a lot of people slow down, we sped up. So. Yes, that was wow. the busiest year ever. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, talk about great timing. You know, we built a little bit of foundation two months within that. And then and then it just and then COVID happens and it just exponentially our growth. And it was like, OK, this is good. That's great. Yeah. Well, us artists are thankful for your platform. <laughs> we appreciate that. Yeah. Now, um, you know, a lot of people would ask, when did you know you wanted to do music? But I'd like to go deeper than that. When did it click that this could be a career? Uh, I was 10 years old and my dad had gone behind my back and entered me in this singing contest. And I'm actually really thankful that he did go behind my back because if he would have not just asked me, I would have been too scared to do it. And uh, he had entered me in this contest to sing on uh, one of the biggest stages in my home province. Um, it's called the Havelock Jamboree. Oh. And I um, got in the top 10 or 12, however many it was, to go perform in front of this panel of judges out of the hundreds of applications. And uh, I remember winning that contest that summer, like 
first year of singing basically came out the gate and got to perform on the Havelock uh, stage and have my like 15 minutes of fame in front of yeah. thousands of people. And I think being so young, like the fear hadn't really set in, but oh, wow. Wow. that initial click, the moment I stepped out onto that stage, um, I had grew up, you know, doing dance and figure skating. So I was familiar being in the spotlight. Also, I'm one of eight kids. So like always fighting for a little attention here and there. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, but stepping out onto that stage and being able to connect with people through country music, um, it was like electricity in my veins. And and I knew from there, there was nothing else I could be convinced to to do otherwise. So you got what every artist says, that stage bug, where once you hit that stage, mm -hmm. it was you do it. Yeah, yeah, I know for some of my peers, it, it starts with a song in, a, in, a, in their bedroom, writing a song, but for me, it was definitely out in the open. Wow. So tell us about the song First Last Name. Mm -hmm. That song uh, was actually a Father's Day gift, a poem, if you will, that I, I had um, the idea of writing uh, for my dad one Father's Day because I live in Nashville and he lives back home in Ontario and I was a college student and I was like, I can't afford to send chocolates all the way to Canada. Right. So, <laughs> So maybe a song we'll have to do this year. And I got together with my friends, Claire Douglas and James Slater. And, and said, I'd really like to write, you know, a dad like daughter song. Yeah. Dad's a big part of my music journey. He taught me everything I know about country music. He took me to my first concert to see Loretta Lynn when I was like nine. And, um, and I'd love to, you know, put this all in a song and they helped me put that together. And I'll never forget like, my calling my mom on Father's Day, and be like I haven't heard from Dad. Did he get my email? <laughs> lying in the living room. What did you send him? <laughs> uh, so that's really where that song came about. But it ended up being, you know, the the jump starter to my my career as an artist wow. and a songwriter in town. When I played it at a like pitch to publisher night at my school mm -hmm. at university. They had some publishers come in to, to listen to some songs and they heard my song. And wow. I remember all three of the panelists like had tears in their eyes. And I was like, oh boy, it was either really bad or it was pretty good. Like, you know, <laughs> and and they all connected with it in a really strong way. And um the it started the snowball effect right away. Wow. Wow. I love that. Now, as you know, a lot of people, they see the glory of like a Blake Shelton, of a Carrie, of a Miranda, but they don't see the grind, the sacrifice, the tears, the struggles that it takes, not just to get to their level, but even a career level. Yeah. And I always want to talk about that side of it because nobody talks about that side of it, um, the sacrifice side. And I'm going to tell a quick story to help guide us where I want this to go. But back in 2014, we interviewed Allison Steele from Two Steel Girls. And at that time, they were full time with music. And I remember asking Allison what advice she'd given up at coming artists, but I'll never forget what she said. She said, this may sound funny coming from someone full time, but if you can see yourself doing something else, go do that and just keep this as a hobby. She goes, because the moment you want it to be a career, everything changes. Everybody kind of owns a piece of your life whether you like it or not. She goes, your friends and relatives never understand because they invite you to weddings, to cookouts, to weekends, to getaways, to holidays. But you're, but when you're in that grind mode, you're having to say no to all that and they don't understand a lot of times. And then your family has to sacrifice on top of all that. You know, they have to kind of say, I'll share you with the world and they have to be happy about it, kind of. Um, so they have to do all that. But then she added, but if you cannot see yourself doing anything else, then go all in. 
Because the only way that those kind of sacrifices could ever be worth it. What do you think of what she said? And let's talk about that side of it. Yeah, I buy in a hundred percent. I mean, I knew I knew part of that when I in my heart when I decided to move to Nashville at fourteen. So I'm the seventh of eight kids, and I oh, had wow. spent a lot of time begging my parents, like, please let me go to Nashville. But they, I guess they saw saw the stars in my eyes, and um, you know, I had come made a few trips down and and found somewhat of a team here and that took a lot of sacrifice on my parents part on my siblings on everyone's part for yeah. me to mm -hmm. move countries and uh, my parents to pick up their lives and then have to kind of split their time here and there and then find ways for me to like who who was I going to live with how was I going to go to school and it we were all in we knew then there was no going back yeah. And so pretty much everything in over the last like 12 to 15 years of my life has all been, you know, pouring in towards this one goal. And um, mm -hmm. I truly feel like I'm getting closer and closer every day. If I'm, yeah. I'm already living the dream, everything's <laughs> just gravy. Like the fact that I'm out of college and I get to make music for a living, even during a pandemic, <laughs> as hard as it is, mm -hmm. I really think mm -hmm. like, wake up every day and and create and find community with people through music. I love that. Um, now, as you know, a lot of people, they see you as the artist, um, mm -hmm. but they don't see the teams that make you. And I'll be honest, I think that they don't, teams don't get enough love. So I always say on our show, mm -hmm. they're going to get the love they deserve. So if you want to take a few minutes, just to tell us about the team that helps you be who you are. Absolutely. So that night at Belmont where I played first last name, I met a publisher named Hannah Wilson who worked at a, uh, a company called Big Loud on Music Row, which I yeah. ended up signing with. Um, so Seth England at Big Loud saw something in me and Joey Moy. I remember the day I brought my guitar in and was nervous as hell to sing for these <laughs> really important people in country, mm -hmm. you know, on, on the industry side. And um, they saw something in me and signed me to my first publishing deal, wow. which turned into me uh, playing a showcase a few months later. Once I had a few songs under my belt that I wanted to share with the town, uh, they invited some people out. And one of my favorite songwriters named Nicole Galleon, mm -hmm. who has written songs maybe folks would know, like Automatic from Miranda or We Were Us wow. or, Keith Irvin, or Tequila by Dan and Shay. Oh, wow. um, she came out and I remember like singing in this dark crowded room and point like seeing her and thinking, oh my gosh, that's Nicole. Like I oh, know wow. who that is. Okay, don't forget the words, Madison. And she came up after me and was like, I love what you're doing. I want to be a part of your team. Like I believe in you. And you know, I would start a record label tomorrow. And we all kind of laughed about it. Come <laughs> to find out she wasn't joking. And <laughs> She ended up uh, starting her own record label called Songs and Daughters, and I got mm -hmm. to be the flagship artist of that. Oh wow! Of that Amazing. record label. So my team started out with you know this crew at Big Loud and and Nicole, and keeps expanding. And I'm I'm really thankful they're the ones that um, are you know here every day to help me get my music out there. Love that. And, yes. uh, and and speaking of teams, we kind of have a third co-host ourselves, our we little nine-year-old. Um, we always say, come on, yes, ask a question. Sandy, I'll go I get him real get quick. Oh. And we've got a 23-month-old little daughter that turns two years this uh, this month. And eventually, we'll be plugging her in the show, too, when she can talk. Yeah. Because <laughs> we are a family affairs show. I love that. 
<laughs> that is so fun. I, I mean, can't you can't believe. do things with family, right? You know. Yeah, I mean, it, that's what this year has been all about, right? Is like back to the basics, back to the family, back to everyone. Yeah. Hey, Chris, Hi, Madison. How are you? I'm doing good. So, what's your favorite food? Mm, my favorite food? I'm already thinking what I'm having for dinner. It's pasta, if that tells you anything. What's <laughs> yours? <laughs> Pizza. Ooh, what are your favorite toppings? Mm, pepperoni and sausage. I'm with you. Those are good toppings. You <laughs> <laughs> got another question. He's got one more. So, what's your favorite TV show? My favorite TV show. Hmm. What do I love to watch? I like to watch those like medical shows, like medical show meets, you know, um, a little bit of drama. Grey's Anatomy <laughs> has always been one of my favorite shows. What about you? Why mm, is SpongeBob? Oh, that's way better. Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> you know what's been cool is you know he also watch, watches um, a lot of Nickelodeon shows, and and one of his favorites on there is Side Hustle. And um, we've we've had a couple of people from that show come on the show, so we've been no able way. to bring on people that he likes. Come on, that's so cool. Yeah. I'm like, I wish that would happen when I was little. Yeah. Gosh, your parents have really cool jobs, Christopher. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, thanks. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. <laughs> he, lo he loves, I think, you know, we've done over 300 shows and um, probably two or probably over 300 he's been on. Wow. Yes, he has. He loves and, in that. fact, there's been a few that where it ends up being where they um, have to cut out early. And mm. so we don't get to him, and he's like, "Um, well, what about my Why question?" My question. <laughs> yeah. So he really, he really nice. loves that. Yeah, that y'all include him. I think it was, you know, my dad by him, you know, handing me the guitar every now and then, or teaching me these songs at a young age, made a huge impact. I don't think I would be following this dream if my dad wow. wouldn't have shared his passions with me. Oh, so, yes. to you. Yeah, yeah, because that's what I always try to tell people is, you know, if, mm -hmm. if you want to inspire passion and purpose into your kids, they have a front row seat to yours. So yeah. live out yours so that they can wow. see it. That's so great. <clears throat> so if you could co-write with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be and what would you want to write about? Mm, I mean, the the like teenage music lover in me thinks Taylor Swift right away. Because, <laughs> oh, like, yes. She was such a force in, in that foundation for me of like falling in love with music and and having a mentor who like shows young girls like, hey, you can get up here and tell your story and people will listen. Um, nice. She was one of those groundbreaking entertainers and songwriters that I still to this day look up to. I'm just curious what her process is. I think yeah. that would be really cool. I, I love to write about super personal you know, down deep stuff like you like to go in interviews. Um, family is really important to me. So I love um, exploring like family dynamics in my songwriting. Yeah. A lot of songs about that. Um, one called Household that I got to put out that really um, shows the kind of environment that I grew up in with seven brothers and sisters. Oh, wow. <laughs> But I'm also in a really happy relationship right now. And, and writing about that has been 
has been really inspiring and and fun because I feel like I've always listened to these love songs but could never really and it can and it can work because look at what Gabby's done yeah I I understand the hype now a good love song will do you right (laughs) right (laughs) absolutely so. Um, February 10th will make the six-year anniversary that we asked Kelsey Ballerini where she want to be in five mm-hmm. years. And I always like to tell this story before I ask the guests that same question, because the answer Kelsey gave us f- over five years ago is almost to the T of what she's living right now. So she knew where she was going. Mm-hmm. Um, knowing that, where do you want to be in five years? Oh, I'm curious to know what she said to actually too. Pretty yeah. much what she's living. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> About being on the stage, the big stages, and you know, yes, and, and singing yeah. the and touring levels, and yes. My my initial thought when I hear that question is just that is to be touring. Like I, I love writing songs in my bedroom, you know, or on Music Row, but those songs mean nothing to me if I can't go out and share them and play them for other people and hear how they connect with them. Uh, so just touring, being able to tour and and sing to as many people as I can. Um, touring internationally is really important to me, being an international artist. Uh, coming from Canada, I like, I'm the first one to know and understand like country music goes beyond the South, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Most definitely. I'm a Northern town in Ontario and there's five feet of snow there right now. It's like country music <laughs> still lives there. Yep. Yes. And, and touring overseas taught me that too. And so just being able to tour internationally to different countries and uh, meet people all through music is, is the main goal, whatever that looks like. I love that. Now let's look 15 years down the road and let's say you're a success on a grand scale, whatever that looks like for you, you're there. Mm -hmm. If the person you are today could meet your future successful self, what would you remind her? Oh, wow. Me today meeting Madison. And And she's in Madison, the future success. So what would you remind her? Um, just like it's I hope she still sees like it's it's not about the destination it's about the journey Mm -hmm. I've I've learned that a lot this year as like things ebb and flow 2019 was huge for me you know having all of these firsts and then it kind of came to a quick halt and and as kind of the like go-getter that I am I can be hard on myself like when those valleys show themselves mm-hmm. but i always think like okay well the the hills up ahead like getting on top of it is up ahead yeah. mm-hmm. you really appreciate the journey if you're not yeah. happy like where you're at now like how can you really be happy anywhere you know so learning to be happy with it, exactly where it cheapens the journey it cheapens the destination that when you do get there if you're not happy now you're not going to be happy when you get there yeah yeah, so so I hope she's still enjoying the ride and doesn't feel like the destination has arrived because what fun would that be, you know? Love that. Right. So I can stick to my 20 minutes. So this be the last yeah. question. Um, what advice would you give this person? Let's say that, that you had a friend, you heard him or her sing, and they have something special. As mm-hmm. Simon Cowell would say, they have that it factor. But they've only played maybe 40 or 50 shows. They're still getting their feet wet on the performance side, but they've gotten on stage. Like what every artist says, that stage bug where they look over the crowd, the crowd's roaring, and they know they're in the right place. And they come to you and they say, Madison, I know I'm supposed to do this with the rest of my life. 
What advice would you give that specific person to help God in the next couple of years? Tell your story. Wake up every day and tell your story. Don't tell anyone else's. You know, like my life changed when I wrote First Last Name and I told my story. Wow. What was true to me? And and I take that into the writing room every day. It's like, what is something that I've experienced that I can put pen to paper today and, and find, you know, uh, common ground with another person because no one else can tell what you've got inside you. So uh, just... Be authentic to yourself. Listen to your heart and and say what it is you have to say. Don't worry about what anyone else has to say because it's already going to be said. It's already been Love. said. Um, <laughs> Love that answer. So if you want to tell everybody how they can reach out to you. Yes. Yeah. So I've got some music on Spotify, Apple Music, all the streaming platforms. You can go check out. I have an EP called Heartbreak School and a few recent singles on there. And then uh, pop over to Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok. I'm on there all the time and catching up with folks. So thank you for having me. And I look forward to seeing you guys again five years down the road before that. <laughs> we hope to have you back on the show before that. Yes. yes. But we'll be checking in for that, too. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, but we enjoyed having you on. Thank you so much. Thank you. Day. Have a great rest of your day. Bye.